1 John 4, 1 through 6. My dear friends, many false prophets are in the world now, so do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see if they are from God. This is how you can know God's spirit. One spirit says, I believe that Jesus is the Christ who came to earth and became a man. That is the spirit from God. Another spirit refuses to say this about Jesus. That spirit is not from God, but is the spirit of the enemy of Christ. You have heard that the enemy of Christ is coming, and now he is already in the world. My dear children, you belong to God, so you have defeated them because God's spirit who is in you is greater than the devil who is in the world, and they belong to the world. What they say is from the world, and the world listens to them. But we are from God, and those who know God listens to us. But those who are not from God do not listen to us. That is how we know the spirit that is true and the spirit that is false. Thank you so much. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word that you give us. Um, thank you so much for your word that teaches us um, uh, even thousands of years after these words were originally written, we believe that they still have uh, authority uh, to speak into our lives and to shape us in the way that we are called to live. Uh, and so this morning, uh, whether we are uh, young or not young, uh, would you please help us to listen to what you have to say? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so how many of you all know the game Telephone? I think is what it's called, the game Telephone, you know what I'm talking about, right? So let's imagine that uh, I come over here and I, and I whisper into, into Jackie's ear, I love the San Diego Padres. Right, and then Jackie tells it to Paul and just kind of da, 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 da. we work our way around the room. And then we come over here, right? And we've got Jen. Uh, and Jen is supposed to say what? But that never happens, right? So what Jen will end up saying is something like, I love to eat tamales, right? Um, unless, unless one of you all decides to throw a wrench into the game, right? You know what I'm talking about? A little sneaky messenger that, you know, hears, um, I love the San Diego Padres, but what they say is, it's raining in Mission Beach, right? Not at all what we were trying to say. So this passage today is a passage where John is warning us about sneaky messengers. John is warning us about people and spirits who will intentionally pervert, lie, change, what it is that we are being told about God and about Jesus. Uh, so the kind of like the back set, like to, to the starting point for this morning uh, is going to be looking at uh, a verse in the last chapter that we read, uh, that, that we looked at last week, where John said, this is the command to believe in the name of his son, Jesus, and to love one another as he commanded us. Those who keep God's command lives, uh, God's, those who keep God's commands live in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. So uh, a few weeks ago, I, I pointed out to you the importance of this word abide. 
that keeps showing up in John's letter. So that word shows up twice here uh, in 24 where you see the word live two times. That is also, could also be translated as abide. And so the idea here is that because God is in us and we are in God, that um, God's spirit is helping us to follow God's commands. What are God's commands? Uh, God's commands that John summarizes here for us are that we are to believe in Jesus and that we are to love one another. Uh, and so what's going to happen in the rest of the letter is that John is just going to basically kind of go back and forth between these two ideas. Remember we said John likes to talk in circles. Uh, and so the circle is getting tighter now in a sense. And he's going to keep coming back like I'm going to talk to you about love today. All right, now I'm gonna, next I'm going to talk to you about uh, loving one another. Oh, yeah, one more thing about love, believing in Jesus. Oh, no, one thing I forgot to say about loving one another. That's what he's doing. So today we're using the International Children's Bible. So some of you be like, what translation is this? We're using the International Children's Bible from this point forward in the sermon uh, because it's a, it's a translation that is a little bit uh, easier for the kids. All right, so kids, take out your little uh, worship bulletin thing that we got for you. Look at the back page. You got all the scripture there. Uh, what word jumps out at you? And it should jump out at you because it's in a different color. See, we set you up for success. What word jumps out? Spirit. spirit. Thank you so much. Spirit jumps out. Now, what do you notice about the word spirit? Adults, you can help in this as well. What do you notice about the word spirit? It shows up several times in passage, but sometimes it's capitalized and other times it's not capitalized. All right? So what... What we're going to talk about this morning is there's two kinds of spirits. What we're going to do first is we're going to talk about little s spirits. Who are they and what are they doing? And then secondly, we're going to talk about God's spirit. Who is God's spirit? What do we call them? Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about God's spirit and what he does. That's what we're going to do this morning. Okay, so first of all, we see uh, that um, God's spirit, or I'm sorry, the small s spirits um, are all throughout this passage. Now, there's this, um, there's this guy who put, the, you remember the, the, the Sunday school curriculum we used like a while back called What's in the Bible? Um, the guy that made that video, made those videos, he uh, has this video on 1 John. It's just super, super good. So I'm totally stealing from him a lot this morning. Um, and what he said was really helpful. It was like, remember that the word spirit in the Bible, it can also be used to talk about angels. Now, what are angels? Little cute, chubby harp playing. No, that's not it. I mean, maybe there are cute, chubby angels, but that's not what you should think about when you think about an angel, right? An angel is a messenger. That's, what, that's who angels are. They're messengers. So, for example, right, you've got uh, an angel coming to Daniel, to bring a message from God. You've got angels coming to Joseph and Mary in the Gospels to bring messages to Joseph and Mary from God. That's who angels are. But there are some angels that rebelled against God. There are some angels that decided that they wanted to be sneaky messengers, right? There's some angels that said, yeah, we don't want to follow God's plan. We want to kind of do our own thing. And there's a story at the very beginning of the Bible about one of these sneaky messengers, one of these fallen spiritual beings that decided to tell lies about who God is and what God does. You remember that story? Right? It's the story of Adam and Eve and the serpent. So the serpent is this spiritual being who comes into the garden and what the, spirit, what the serpent says is, you can't trust God. He does not have your best interest at heart. 
He's holding out on you. He's not telling you the whole story. Uh, if you listen to what I'm telling you, it's going to go so much better for you. And what happens? What do Adam and Eve do? You can help me out, adults. Yeah, they eat the fruit, right? They listen to the sneaky messenger. They disregard God's word. And so what John is saying here is he's like, look, when we listen to the, the little s spirits who are telling us lies about God, it's just not going to go well for you. It's just not going to be good, right? We see that in the very beginning of the Bible. We see it time and time and time again in the stories of the Bible. And so John says, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see if they are from God. And then he gives us how we go about testing the spirits, right? He's giving us application. He says, this is how you can know God's spirit. One spirit says, I believe that Jesus is the Christ who came to earth and became a man. That spirit is from God. Another spirit refuses to say this about Jesus. That spirit is not from God. It is the spirit of the enemy of Christ. You have heard that the enemy of Christ is coming and now he is already in the world. So you have two spirits. You have the spirit of God and you have these other spirits, these sneaky messengers, and they refuse to acknowledge Jesus for who he is. Uh, and he's saying, like, look, that's, that's really how you can tell the difference. Is, is what the, the message you're hearing, is it in line with what the Bible says? Right? Is, it, is, it, is it in, in keeping with what the scriptures teach us, or is it contrary to what the scriptures teach us? And, and not only is there, you know, a bunch of spirits, but there's this one particular spirit that the children's Bible calls the enemy of Christ. For those of you that are not using the International Children's Bible right now, uh, what, what word, what name is given uh, in your translations for this particular being? Antichrist. Remember, what did we, we talked about Antichrist uh, a month ago, I think it was. We talked about Antichrist. And what did we say Antichrist is trying to do? Two things. They both start with D. To destroy and, and deceive. Thank you, Bill. To destroy and deceive. That's what Antichrist is doing. So the enemy of Christ, the Antichrist, is this spiritual being that is in the world. And what... Antichrist is trying to do is deceive you. It's a sneaky messenger, just like the serpent, just like these spirits, right? They're all these sneaky messengers. And so John is saying, don't believe the lies about Jesus. In contrast to that, then we have God's spirit. Now, who is God's spirit? Oh, my goodness, y'all. Who is, who is God's spirit? Fantastic. Okay, now, so there is this scene in, um, I think it's the first installment of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Um, Y'all can tell that I like Harry Potter. Um, and so Harry Potter, so there's the scene where um, all of the wizards in the Order of the Phoenix are going to try to get Harry, the protagonist of the story, out of the safe house to another place. But the problem is that the bad guys, the Dementors, find out about this plan and they attack them in the middle of them trying to get Harry out. Uh, and so they obviously they've been betrayed by somebody, but that they don't know who. So what happens in the next scene is that one, one of the Order of the Phoenix guys, his name is Remus Lupin, he shows up and he has his wand and he goes right up into Harry's face and sticks the wand in Harry's face and says, uh, what was the creature that was in my office the day I met Harry in my office? Do you remember the answer? Yes, I knew you were going to come through. Who was that? Raise your hand. 
Fantastic, my son. Uh, Grindelo. <laughs> like father, like son. Um, right? And then another wizard shows up, um, Kingsley Shacklebolt, and he does that to, to Remus Lupin. And he's like, what was the last thing that Dumbledore said to us in his office before he died? Uh, and it was that Harry Potter was our last best hope or something like that, right? Why did they do that? I need to know that you really are who you say you are. I need you to confirm. And so I'm asking you a question. I'm asking you to do something, say something that will verify with me beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are really who you say you are. How do we know that a spirit really is who they say that they are? How do we know that a messenger, whether human being or not, really is in following with what the Bible teaches? It's really simple. What do they believe about Jesus? Do they believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the promised redeemer, and that he came to earth as a man? This is uh, what John has been, from the very beginning of his letter, uh, this is what he has been coming back to again and again and again. This is so important for John, and this is why this is supposed to be so important for us, that we understand uh, that this is the central message. Now, here's the thing that's really amazing about this, that what John says to us, he says in verse 4, My dear children, you belong to God. Uh, so you have defeated them. That's the spirits. It's the enemy of Christ. Right, so in verse 3, he's talking about the enemy of Christ. And in verse 4, he's saying, it's okay, right? You have defeated them because God's spirit who is in you is greater than the devil who is in the world. Why is God's spirit in us? Remember what we saw back in chapter 3, verses 23 and 24? Right, what's the word that we keep, like, I just keep wanting you to remember this word. It starts with a abide, right? God is in you, you are in God, right? You are, through faith in Jesus, you have union with Christ. And that union with Christ means that God's spirit, the spirit that testifies that Jesus is the Messiah, that spirit is in you. And because he is in you, greater is that spirit than the little s spirits that are roaming around in the world. Now, the reality is that we are going to be tempted, and we will at times believe lies, uh, that there are going to be times when we will, we will hear certain things and we will be uh, deceived in so many different ways. And what, what, um, what we as a church have been really working hard to, to kind of put in front of us on a regular basis is that this idea, right, that we are always being discipled into something. Uh, we are always being shaped and formed to believe and live a certain way. That's never an option. It's not something that we turn on. It's a reality. But that to be a Christian, to be a disciple of Jesus means that we are trusting and following him. It means that we are being shaped by him. It means that we are following him, being changed by him, and doing the things that he did, joining his mission. And so, kids, um, God puts your parents in your life uh, in order to do this for you. God puts your mom and your dad 
um, uh, your maybe extended family, aunts or uncles or grandparents or older cousins. God puts people in your life to help you, disciple you so that you can follow Jesus and be changed to look like Jesus. Uh, everybody, adult and kid, uh, God puts people in our lives uh, to do the exact same thing. God puts people in our lives in order to help us to follow Jesus and to be changed to look like Jesus and to do the things that Jesus did. Uh, and that's what the church, that's one of the principal things that we as a church are trying to do. Uh, like we as a church are like, hey, we want to take seriously this uh, call that Jesus gave his disciples, right? What did he say? Right as he's getting ready to go, he's like, go make disciples of all nations, baptize them, teach them the things that I've commanded you. And that's what we want to do. So adults, uh, here's the reality, right? We've got, we are blessed that we have a ton of kids. Uh, and there are more coming. Praise God. Uh, there are five more on the way uh, in the next few months. Um, it, it is a wonderful thing to have so many young kids. Uh, those of us who do not have young kids, uh, we have the privilege of walking alongside these parents, uh, some of them single parents, some of them not single parents. We have the privilege of walking alongside these parents uh, to disciple their children because these kids are a part of our church family. Um, and we want more than anything for the next generation of Harbor City Church uh, to be discipled now. You know, like some of these kids will one day be here in 25 years uh, when this church is 50 years old. And don't we want to know that they're going to be following Jesus? Not what we want to know. Of course that's what we want to know, right? That's, and that's the call that has been placed into our lives. But here's the thing, right? It's not just about them. It's about us too. Because we are also called not to believe lies about Jesus. And that's really easy for us to do. And so we also need to take seriously Jesus' call upon our lives to be disciples, to trust and follow him, uh, to be shaped into the image of Jesus. And so that's why we do some of the things that we do. Right? We've talked about this last week. Hey, you know, we, we, uh, we're, we're, we're finalizing plans right now for Bible studies and for cultural conversations and for Sunday school. And like, I'm the last person on earth that's just going to put something on the calendar because I feel like, oh, we've got to have some church things on the calendar, right? Uh, I hate that. Um, so if, if something, if we're doing something as a church, it's because we believe that there's value to it. And, and those things, cultural conversations, Sunday school, Bible studies, like that is right now mission central for us as a church. Uh, the ways that we're trying uh, initially to move in the direction of becoming a church that is, takes seriously Jesus' call to make disciples. The, uh, the little spirits, remember them? The, the sneaky messengers, right? Uh, they want us to believe lies about who Jesus is, about what his character is like, about what it means to follow him. And, and it is really easy to believe those lies. It's so easy for us to fall into these believing little, little tweaks that actually take us really far afield of what it means to follow Jesus. Um, 
And we're not always able to see that, right? And so God gives us, God's spirit gives us each other. He gives us his word. God's spirit gives us himself uh, in order to help us not to believe lies about Jesus. All right, let me pray. Uh, Gracious God, we thank you so much that you have given us your spirit and that your spirit helps us uh, to believe uh, who you are and what it is that you came to do. Uh, Please help us, Lord, uh, to be a church that takes us seriously the, the call that you have given to us to follow you and to be your disciples. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.